All right, HCC, how are you doing? You're like, we were with it when we were singing, but now it's like, man, what's he doing up here? So good to see you today. I'm so glad you're here as we continue in this new series. Can we just do this? There are these moments I've found in my life when we take a minute to thank people that we just kind of don't even see. You didn't even know while that bumper video was going on that our productions guys brought out this really fancy table. Can we just thank our productions team? We don't thank them enough, but... They do such a great job week in and week out. Usually the time we thank them is when something goes wrong. We go, but they do such a great job all the time, which they do. I just felt good that we thanked them and then nothing even went wrong. So that's all good stuff. So glad you're here. I missed you last weekend and so glad to be back. I love when we get to look at God's word together about direction and instruction that he gives us related to this thing he put together called the family. And so I'm excited to dive in. We started this two weeks ago. And if you remember in that first week, besides zany things like shooting foam darts into um, our audience, our attendees, there, uh, we talked about this idea that everyone has a way to relate to this series. Because I know for some of us, we might go, well, Todd, I don't have, I'm not married with kids at home, or my kids are grown up, or I haven't been married yet, whatever, whatever the life stage. But we talked about that we all actually have some great things to learn in this series that some will apply as you're maybe in an extended family role. Others just apply to your walk with Jesus and growing in him. And, and today we'll have another piece to that as well. So don't check out, don't kind of go, oh man, they're doing family stuff, it doesn't matter to me, I, don't, I can't relate, and then just kind of be gone the rest of the time. Dial in with us, and we're excited to see what God's gonna teach all of us. If you have your notes, have those out in handy. If you have your Bible today, would you find your way to 2 Timothy chapter one? It's kind of deep into the New Testament. The good news is it follows 1 Timothy. So find that, and 2 Timothy's right behind it. Chapter one is where we'll be in just a minute. Well, what we are doing in this series, I love the title, love the bumper video, reminding us it goes by quickly. That's the verbiage that, uh, and I appreciate the people in our lives would tell us uh, as we were entering into marriage and then having kids, don't blink, it goes quick. And we tried to heed that, but it didn't matter. Time didn't slow down any. It just meant we were trying to be a little more observant we, we watched, that's the word I was looking for. Tried to pay attention, but didn't slow anything down. And what we're wanting to do is wanting to help us in this series go, as things and seasons and milestones keep moving quickly, God help us take stock, help us pay attention, help us not lose the things you wanna do in the lives of our family that we can't go back but we can do today. So today is, this series is all about looking at God's design for our families as well as in the places where we haven't. And I'm gonna say for all of us, and this guy on the stage included, for the places where we've failed, where we've missed the mark, God draw us back. You're a God of course corrections. And so help us to see those. Help us to see the grace and the mercy that's there, the kindness of God, and course correct back to what he's calling us to. So that, that's the, the essence of what we're doing. If you were here with us two weeks ago, we talked about that God has a target, something that he's drawn for us related to our marriage, related to parenting, and we wanna take aim and have you in your marriage and, or, and or as a parent take an aim with God's design in mind for what he has for you and for your family. Last week, Pastor Kurt did such a great job and, and talked about the need for us to saturate our home with the word of God. 
and did a great job of saying that in order to do that, as a parent, as a spouse, it has to begin in me because I can't give what I don't have. And then as a result, making sure that that's something I'm infusing in the rising up and the going down and the daily rhythms of our lives, not just expecting that a church is going to do that for me 1.5 times a month when we might be able to make it. So that's where we're at now. As we dive into week three, you might be feeling a little bit of the weight of man. So there's a design that God has for my marriage and my parenting. I'm supposed to saturate my life and our family, our home with God's word. I'm feeling the weight of a lot of things to do. And I want to tell you today, great news, help is on the way. Because today as we dive in, we're talking about the fact that God has given us people allies that we can call in and and be those people he intended. It's not because, oh, I need to tag out because I no longer want to be a parent. That's not the call we get to make. But we do get to say, I need help. And the good news is God already built structures. God already put into place the dynamics because he knew we would. And so today I really want to encourage you with that. Like you heard Pastor Paul say, we've got a couple friends who are going to come up and share. It's going to be a great time with not only good encouragement, but really great help. In this series, we're big on resources. And so one I wanted to share with you that really goes so well with this theme is called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity with two great authors, Reggie Joyner and Carrie Newhoff, both men who have been huge in this kind of modern ministry to families. And though this book is a little bit older, man, it's got, it's going to do two things. It's going to amplify the little bit that I'm able to share with you today, but then it's going to say, and here's practically how to do that, how to call upon the community of people around you that are in this Christian walk with you, who can be allies to you as you raise your kids. So love that this would be a great thing. And you'll notice on the back of your notes, if not later on, like snap, I forgot to take a picture of the book. No worries. This title's on the back and you can reference that later on this week. The other thing is I'm realizing, you know, books, and again, I hope you never feel overwhelmed like, man, Todd wants me to read every single book we ever talk about. That's not true uh, because I haven't even read every single book we talk about. But I also go, there are certain subjects and things that you might be more uh, attuned to or more interested than others. But I want to give you something in uh, on a message related to allies, all the help we can get. One of the biggest areas that we as parents struggle in is knowing how to help my kids with social media. And I think we stumble probably more than we walk in that area. It is really, really difficult. So I came upon, and my wife was sharing with me, Joanne was telling me about an Instagram account that also has a website I'd never heard of. It's up on the screen. It's called Protect Young Eyes. And I've done some research on this ministry. It's founded by a former youth pastor who just kind of, as he was doing ministry to parents, as a youth pastor realized there is a huge need and this is not being addressed. I need to give more time to it. And the ministry is only three or four years old. That's all arisen from that desire to go. I want a better resource parent. So on that front alone, if you're going, I feel lost. I don't know if my child should have an Instagram account or not. I don't know what I think about TikTok. Check this guy out. He's got great tools. He's got an Instagram account so you can see some of his videos and things that he helps with, or just go to his website, protectyoungeyes.com. That's also on the back of your notes. You can reference that later on. Also on the back, 
Every week in this series, we're providing a table talk question, just one question as you're sitting around the table as a family or you just go, you know what, snap, we should do that once this week. <laughs> Our lives are in full tilt, we're all over the place. We're gonna break away from whatever pattern is not allowing us to sit together. We're gonna do that once this week and we're gonna look at this question together as it relates to our marriage or as it relates to our parenting. So note that question at the back of your notes and hope that would be a, a great conversation. Well, the premise today begins with this. It begins with the idea that you've heard clearly the last two weeks, and that is God has ordained parents to be the primary spiritual trainers of their kids. I want you to know that. And for some of us, that actually is new information because you thought you brought them here to church this week. That's what you were doing. But I'm just going to tell you, all you were doing was outsourcing. And we'll talk more today about how our church can be a great ally to you. But at the end of the day, that ministry, that responsibility is not on the shoulders of our children's or student ministries. It's on yours. But the great news is there's help. There's help in some different capacities that we're going to look at today. And it might not always be super apparent. So I want to help go, oh, that's an area that I could look to, to find some other people that would come alongside me in this journey. I'm going to say today from experience that Joanna and I have utilized people in all three of these categories that we're going to look at today related to raising kids. So the last thing I'd want you to think is that Todd thinks that's good for other people, but he's never done these. I've absolutely done every one of these and found incredible resources that are still thriving and still um, growing and, and developing my kids and my young adults today. So I'm, I'm all about, when, I, when we were thinking about this series and the fact that I got to plan it, I go, that's a week that I wanna do and I wanna teach because this is so important to me. So take a look in your notes. Number one, incorporate your Jesus-loving family members to be a part of your team of allies. Incorporate your Jesus-loving family members to be a part of your team of allies. Second Timothy chapter one is where your Bible's open. Look at verse five. <clears throat> Paul writing, I am reminded of your, he's talking to Timothy. This is a letter written to Timothy now, a pastor at the church of Ephesus. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Skip down to verse 14 of the same chapter. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Why? Because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So this is Paul we're going to talk a lot about this relationship today with a protege named Timothy. And Timothy is now an adult. He's serving as a pastor to a really significant church, the church at Ephesus. And he's writing him two personal letters that end up being becoming a part of the word of God. They're inspired, infallible, completely inerrant and binding, authoritative for us. So this is more than Paul writing a note. God was using him to teach us through a letter he was writing to a personal, very, very close friend. And so as he's writing, he's reminding Timothy of Timothy's own story. I'm reminded of these things of you. I'm reminded of the faith that began in your grandmother, was extended to your mom, and now lives in you. And so we start out right out of the gates about extended family members. Think, incorporate influencers, invite people in to be influential in your kids' lives. 
So when we process this, this is the first place we should look. I would also include what I have come to love, the term family. All right, friends that are so close that you do life with and they feel like you might even tell your kids, call him Uncle Pete, okay, because we're just that close. But think extended family members, think family that are involved in your life, people who walk with Jesus that you'd say to your kids, man, you can live like them. They're examples of how to live in their walk with the Lord, in their marriage, in their parenting, in their job, whatever it is. Now, I'm going to say this right out of the gates. I'm not saying that every member of your extended family is someone you should tell your kids you should live like. Okay, let's, let's park that right there. There are plenty of people in your extended family that you would say that's how not to live because of the decisions and mistakes they have made. So in no way are we saying this is just come one, come all. These are particular people that love Jesus and they're following him in such a way that your kids could go, man, that part of their life in particular, I could see as an example. I've told you over the years how incredibly blessed I was of of what I call coming from good stock. On my mom's side, her maiden name is Cramblet. What an interesting last name, Cramblet. And uh, she grew up in Michigan. My connections to her extended family when I was young would be basically one week in the summer. And on occasion, my grandparents would leave the tundra of that part of Michigan and come out to Southern California in the winter. But between a grandma and a grandpa, between they had five kids and of those kids, my mom's brothers and sisters, there were multiple cousins, the cousins that literally lived right next door to my grandparents, my mom's brother and his wife had eight kids. So I had eight cousins when I go to visit, many of them older and grown up by then, but people that I could go and hang out with, people, some who loved God and were even in vocational ministry, others who loved God and served him well in their jobs. But the point is I had cousins, I had friends are part of that family group when I would go back there. And then as they spread out, we had relatives that lived for a time in Hawaii and then in Tennessee, all part of my mom's side of the family who were committed to Jesus. And when I'd get in contact with them, man, not only would I have a great time, but I could see God at work in their lives, even as a little guy and could appreciate, God, I see this and I love them. I know their story. I I see how that could be factored into my life one day as well. So I'm so grateful for that, grateful for those relationships and grateful for the ways that I could watch, especially cousins that walk that way. This could be true of grandparents, aunts, uncles, people like that, that have these godly examples that you can pattern after. And this is what Paul is saying in his words to Timothy, God had provided faith And the gospel to three generations already in his family alone, from his grandmother to his mother to him. And he makes this powerful statement, whom you have known. These are not people you're not unfamiliar with. They're people that probably more than most people in your world, you've seen at their best and at their worst. Okay, family reunions can be a train wreck and you've seen them. You've seen them at Thanksgiving and how they act when their football team loses. You've seen them at Christmas time and how generous or not they are. You've seen these different dynamics and you have this ability to go, that is genuine because I know who they are and I see the way that they walk. But I wanna say this to you as a parent, would you not assume that even the people from your extended family who love Jesus are automatically going to have that kind of influence on your kids? 
There takes some intentionality. There takes even asking, hey, I would love for you to share with my son or my daughter what you did when you were in college or the ways that you've seen God grow you up. And these are the kinds of things that you enter your kids into intentional conversations, intentional relationships, not just because you get together at the holidays. So I'd encourage you, don't just go with, well, they're near each other, they play together. Think about, man, what are the things that I can help them see? And I know that distance can be a big problem for you as you're listening today, whether here or online, that this idea of like, it's so hard to be able to have a connection. But can I tell you this? We don't live in the era of the 70s and 80s when Todd grew up and all you had was really expensive long distance phone calls, if even that, which by the way, talking on the phone to a seven-year-old is usually about 15 seconds. So that's not gonna go well. But FaceTime, okay, we have opportunities now to stay connected even over long distances. And I would just encourage you, take advantage of technology like that. Let's talk, by the way, about the elephant in the room. There are some of you here that as I'm talking about Jesus-loving family members, you are lamenting even while we're talking. Because you're like, Todd, you don't understand. I'm the only Christian in my extended family. Todd, you don't understand the, the people in my family that would have something to do with me they don't love Jesus. None of them do. And I get that. I believe that's true for some of us that are listening today. And I'd want to say this to you. Number one, I do know that happens. So that's not at all like I've never even heard of that before. And I'm sorry. Know that we're going to talk about two other ways though, guaranteed for sure. If you're here and you're listening to this one, one of them is going to connect with you. So this isn't the only means of a way that people can be connected in an influential way with your kids. But let's go back to family again. When I think sometimes of the relationships at HDC, people who serve together, people who are in a small group together, they become that tight knit. Would you think about the relationships that you have here with people that you go, man, I would love my son or my daughter to see this about their lives. I'd love them to see this about their marriage, whatever it is. Those are relationships you can call upon because we live in that dynamic. Lastly, on this topic to grandparents of which I just was initiated 10 months ago. And I love it. It's so good. My wife will say often, she'll say, you know, Todd, people told us it was gonna be amazing. She's like, it's even better than that. And I go, man, babe, I love that. I, lo I agree and I love that you are getting to live that out. But let me say this, even as we think about that, so there are a host of reasons why your connections to your grandkids might be very limited. It could go on and on of the reasons why. Distance is an obvious one, but even tensions or issues or whatever. So I get that. And I get that the goal your heart would be not only to demonstrate love and kindness, but to be able to demonstrate Jesus to them as they're growing up. And so to whatever degree you're allowed to have that level of influence in your grandkids' lives, I know there are challenges that come. But in the points where you are allowed, man, can I just remind you, take advantage of that. And take advantage, maybe if only for this reason, look in your notes. Grandparenting gives you an opportunity to improve 
to improve upon some of the ways that you wish you would have communicated more of God's truth and more of your examples of his faithfulness than you did as a parent. I'm looking forward to that. Hezzy's only 10 months old, but as we pray for him, as we play with him, as we think about the things he's growing into, man, there are things in our first run with our kids that I'm thinking, I wish we would have done this more. Dear God, thank you for another opportunity to get to do that even better now as a grandpa. I'm sorry, as Pop Pop. That's the name we're going with. Um, So I just say, don't miss this profound opportunity um, to influence the next generation of world changers. Well, I've told you we have some friends coming out. Let me give you point number two in your notes. Incorporate fellow Christians from HDC to be a part of your team of allies. Incorporate fellow Christians from HDC to be a part of your team of allies. I absolutely love our children and student ministries here at HCC. All four of my kids have benefited by their input in my kids' lives over the years. And so I'm excited that Debbie Ackerman and Jody Livingston are gonna come out. They serve as the leaders of our kids and student ministries. And they're gonna share with you more on how our ministry to kids and students can be great allies to your family. Let's welcome them up. All right. Good to be with you guys tonight. So yeah, my name is Debbie and I have the privilege of being involved in kids ministry here. And um, what Todd's talking about is totally my story. I grew up here at HDC, um, started coming when I was in fifth grade, came to the Lord at a young age. And my mom would bring me to church and I grew up in the junior high here in the high school and had allies that came alongside my family and really poured into me. And so as soon as I was old enough to start serving and get involved in kids ministry, I was all about it. And I've been involved ever since. So I um, have been married to my husband, Jonathan, for almost 15 years. So that makes a lot of the pastors here for really old. <laughs> but yeah, almost 15 years. And we have four kids. I have, I'm going to have a picture up here. So I have Adeline, who's my 11-year-old, and Colin, who's nine. Olivia, who is four, and then my newest, Noah, who is seven months. So um, that's my family, and I think I have one more picture of them. You have it all together? Oh, no. There there we go. go. Yeah, don't have it all together. That that Disneyland one, we were exhausted. But yeah, these are my kids and my husband, and um, just super thankful for for them, and I'm learning a lot as I I parent my own kids. That's great. And I'm Jody, and I... uh, Man, I have the privilege of working alongside some phenomenal student guys across our campuses and leading that team. Uh, just an incredible blessing to come alongside so many and run towards teenagers. And we really, I feel like, are so intentional with a handoff of what yeah. that looks like for us as we partner with you. This is our family here this Easter uh, that I'll show you. And uh, they're, they're, they're all the same height, which is weird because uh, that hasn't always been the case and it won't be that case uh, for long, but lest you think we have it all together, uh, it was a long journey to get to that point. This is most pictures that we take. It's everybody just refusing to get their pictures taken and fighting the whole time. And you just want one. Just give me one picture, right? Look at the camera and just give me, give me one picture. It's interesting as we think through, and we were even talking through, gosh, what do we, how do we encourage, what do we say? I think one of the things we want to understand, we want you to understand and frame for you is, is the influence that you have. I think as a parent, you recognized, yeah, I'm a parent, of course I have influence, but I think rarely do we stop and think about the level of influence that is. And we've been talking about, even our series, Don't Blink, man, parenting is long days and short years, right? So we have a visual for you because we want you to, uh, to recognize what this looks like. We have these jars here of gumballs, which we'll give all your kids afterwards because we love you so much. Um, <laughs> 
So there's about 3,000 gumballs in here. Uh, so the average family, average parent, you're gonna have about 3,000 hours a year with your kids, a year. That's, that, that feels like a lot. And for some of you, you're like, yeah, all 3,000 of those came today, it feels <laughs> like, right? And, and so the level of influence you have is tremendous, right? And, and our goal uh, as a church, even as Pastor Todd says, to really be an ally to come alongside of you. Uh, and so we wanna give you an idea of what that looks like. So on average, we're gonna have about 40 hours with your kids. I mean, I don't even know if you can see what's in that jar. Like, it's not a lot. Uh, and so we wanna make sure that, one, we're taking advantage yes. of that. Yeah. That we're making the most of that, that time. But you can see when in terms of discipling your kids and encouraging them to follow Jesus, if church for you is like this boarding school where you're gonna drop your kids off with us and you think that we're gonna be able to to somehow magically get them to value Jesus more than what's happening in these 3,000 hours, it, that's a hard, hard sell. The, the, the good news is this, that if you, again, this is the average, I'll go a little further. If you're, if you're kids, if you send your kids to everything that we do, that means you, you don't miss a weekend, you're here every weekend, your kids are in, in student and kids programming uh, every camp. week. You go to summer camp, summer you're at blast. summer blast, you're at missions. Then you can add more to that and you end up with about 119. And yet still, right, pales in comparison to the influence you have. And so we wanna be this ally. We wanna make sure that, that these hours count that we're able to come alongside you and make the most of that because we know how difficult parenting can be. Pastor Kurt last week read this passage in Deuteronomy 6 for us. Verse five, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And so we believe that God has called us as parents to be the primary discipler of our kids and as a church then to come alongside you as this ally and help you uh, in any way, in every way that we can do that. Yeah, and so, you know, both Jody and I have invested a lot of time in our lives um, in kids and student ministries because we do think that we can have an impact as a yeah. ministry and that God can use the ministry, um, especially at a church like High Desert Church that values kids and student ministry so much. This is a church that really does um, support staff, budget, all of that to support our kids and student ministries. Um, and a big reason why we think kids and student ministries is so important is because um, data has shown that most people will make their decision to follow Christ, 80% of people before the age of 18. And so while some people might think, you know, kids ministry is where we want to put our kids so that we can go in as adults and not be distracted, that's not our goal. Our goal is that we are, we are, we are pouring into your kids from the time they are a baby in the nursery. So the women in the nursery, they are singing to your kids, the ones that like singing. Uh, they are praying over your kids. They are even reading. We have a Bible story that we teach even the newborns um, in our nursery. And so we're very intentional with what we're doing at each age group because we do think that the time that we have um, is very valuable with your kids. But we also think a big part of our responsibility is to come alongside you to help you um, with you know, the hours that you have to influence what, you know, as this visual shows. Um, 
there's a lot of things as parents that we kind of are expected to be experts in, right? We gotta know about our kids' health and we're helping them at school and we have you know, sports going on, all this stuff. And so what we wanna be as a church to you is to be able to look through what are the best resources out there? Um, you know, what is the best thing to help your kids as you're discipling them? And we wanna come alongside you and help you with that. So there's four key ways that we as a church um, partner with you. So, um, and just to reiterate, you know, kids ministry, student ministries, not, not childcare, not a fun place to send your kids so that they can learn how to behave. <laughs> um, we hope that they will learn some great things about character while they're with us, but our goal is that they would be introduced to Jesus and that you would be able to continue to pour into them and disciple them as they get older. All right. Um, so yes, our, uh, so the second way that we wanna partner with you is we wanna provide age-appropriate programming that is safe, engaging, truthful, and applicable for your kids. We um, actually background check, screen, interview, yeah. train all yeah. of our volunteers. Safety is high priority for us. We wanna make sure that people that we are connecting with your kids are people that you can trust, that they are gonna point them to Jesus and that they are safe. We also um, you know, plan what we're teaching your kids so that it is age appropriate and it's where they are at, at their age spiritually to help them take that next step in their faith. Um, we also wanna provide resources for your family and engage with your kids at home. So I know you probably get emails from us, we send take-home stuff, and we want you to engage with that stuff so that you guys can continue to help your kids grow. We hope that is helpful to you if it's something that you need. And then we also, we wanna provide opportunities for your kids to live out their faith. And so um, I don't think people realize that if we did not have teens serving at HDC, the weekends would not happen. So we have kids that serve in our kids ministry, productions team, all over the place that are serving. And we wanna give your kids that opportunity to live out their faith um, so they can grow, see what they're good at, see how they're gifted and allow God to use them. So that's another way that we wanna partner with you. Um, we also have missions trips. And so taking advantage of those to help kids grow in their faith. And then a big thing we've seen is even families serving together and just how that can expedite that closeness, getting to experience serving God together. Um, kids serve from as young as like first grade alongside their parents, seeing what that looks like um, to prepare and teach a class um, or serve in a different capacity. So there is a quote, you know, the last way we wanna partner with you is provide leaders who will influence your kids toward Jesus. And there's a quote from the book that Todd was recommending tonight, and it's this. Your children will one day seek affirmation and approval from adults other than you. Either you can become intentional about enlisting other trusted adults to influence your kids, or you can depend only on your limited capacity. You can leave them alone to discover random influences who will shape their character and faith, or you can help them proactively pursue strategic relationships for their lives. And this came like really true to me as soon as my kids started elementary school when I realized my kids are starting to care what other people think. And so I need to be intentional about helping place the right people in their path so that you know we're on the same page. Um, and that is at HDC, what we wanna do for you um, with our leaders who are serving. Yeah, so we wanna kind of leave you with some practical steps. We don't wanna just dump this big depression uh, gumball of like, oh, I'm failing. Like, and, and some of you are just wanting to know, really, are we giving gumballs out? And no, we have to have them for, for other the services. But <laughs> later, we'll put them out and you can have them all. But we do wanna give you some practical steps. What are some takeaways? for you on some next steps. And, and, and some of these are in your notes. The first is this, so we want you to make church a priority for your family and come consistently. 
Make church a priority for your family and come consistently. It's fascinating to me as I talk to families and parents about the things that we make a priority over and don't even realize it. So many times I talk to parents who are afraid to make their kids come to church because they don't wanna turn them away from Jesus. But you make them go to school you make them go to practice because they signed up for that sport. You make, we make them do all these other things because we see that value and yet we parent from this place of fear. Like, oh, if we just make them come, what if they hate Jesus? And I'll tell you, they're not gonna hate Jesus because you made them come to church. They're gonna hate Jesus if you make them come to church and then the other hours in your day have nothing to do with Jesus. It, it won't be the church that'll be the problem. It's, it's the, are you modeling your faith in front of them? If you make church a priority for your family and you come consistently, man, it just puts them around people, even as Debbie just said, that can invest in the lives of your families. And so make that, make that a priority for us. It's a big deal for us, even in student ministry. We shifted our programming a few years ago to allow students to worship with their families or in the same room as their families because our goal is not to entertain. Like, it, I've, I've been a pastor for 23 years. I get bored in church. Not when Pastor Todd preaches. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay. Like, part of life is being bored, right? It doesn't, again, they're watching you. They're learning from you. And so make that a priority. Number two, use the resources that we're trying to provide uh, you to engage with your kids about what God is doing in their lives. Look, something is better than nothing. Doing something is better than nothing. And then the third is this, take the next step to get involved in the mission. You, you might be here uh, this weekend and think, this is, I don't have kids, I just want the gumballs. You, you might be sitting here thinking like, this isn't me, this is not where I'm at in this stage of life. You're either single or you're married, but you don't have kids yet or wherever you are and you're thinking this doesn't apply. And I'm telling you, if you look around this room and you see parents and families, not only do parents and families need to hear what we're saying, but those parents and families need people to come alongside them and run towards their kids. And I think that's what, even to Debbie's point, oh, we have yeah. so many volunteers who are doing that week in and week out, running towards families and coming alongside to encourage and to invest. We know that so many students specifically are leaving the faith as they graduate. And one of the things that we have found is that if a family or if a student has at least seven adults who love Jesus, pouring and investing in their life, there's almost a 100% chance that kid stays in church, seven. And that counts parents, grandparents, coaches, neighbors, youth pastors, kids directors, small group leaders, like seven. And so you, you, need, you need folks around you. Um, inside your notes that you picked up, there is a summer calendar there for you that has, uh, on one side it has all the kids events, all the fun things for kids. The other side is all the things for students. Uh, take that, put that on your fridge, look at your schedules, make that a priority now. And look, I'm gonna be real honest, this is not because we, we need or want more kids at an event. This has nothing to do with us trying to get more kids to show up. We are trying to come alongside and be an ally for you. Um, and so, so make those things a priority. Camp is on there, you'll see Summer Blast on there. 
uh, those things that even earlier Pastor Paul mentioned, but make those things a big priority. Yeah, and then we also have um, a parenting conference coming up, and I personally am really looking forward to this. I love getting to go and, and learn about, um, you know, better ways to help my kids connect with God and better serve my family. And so take advantage of that. Sign up for that. Um, it is on May 21st. It's going to be a Sunday in the later afternoon. Yep. Um, and it'll just be a good opportunity for you to, we have a few breakouts. are going to be topic specific. And we have a special guest, Ray Johnston, coming in. Um, and it's really cheap. It's like... Right, it's going to be super affordable. And yeah. we're giving you free stuff. Some resources. Books. Yeah. We want to really help. And so that's our goal is to come alongside you. So mark that down. Uh, for you as a date and then uh, and plan to attend and plug in. Yeah. Cool. All right. You guys, can we do this? Can we thank Debbie and Jody? <clears throat> you guys. Now, one of the things that we wanted to do, you know, they represent, the, these guys are great leaders, love Jesus, love their families. They're doing such a great job, but they represent huge teams that make this happen at our church. So we just want to take a minute. If you're involved in our children's or our student ministries as a volunteer, would you stand up? We just want to thank you for the way that you serve. Don't be shy. Do it now. Come on. You don't get recognized nearly enough. So take a minute. Come on, Jackie. Come on, Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Debbie and Jody are seeing people out here that are not standing up and they're calling them out by name. On the front Perfect. row. Okay. Good job, you guys. Yeah. Thanks. That's so good. And can I say this? Like one thing I'm going to do this week is a thing that goes beyond even getting to just quickly recognize folks in their services is even those that are influencing your kids that you're just grateful for. Would you write a note this week? Would you send them a card? Would you slip a gift card in there and just say thank you for the way that you are an ally to what we're trying to do as parents. That just goes a long way. So that's a really rich thing. I'd encourage you take that next step even beyond. Let's finish up number three in your notes today. Pray for godly mentors who can influence your kids in ways you can't. Pray for godly mentors who can influence your kids in ways you can't. Now, we're going to do the bookend. We looked at 2 Timothy 1. If you have your Bible, flip over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 verses 19 through 22. Read this. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. This is, again, Paul writing to the church at Philippi. That I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone who looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, watch, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. So here's the two bookends that we read about Timothy in these two passages today. <clears throat> Even before he was a pastor at Philippi, or at Ephesus, I'm sorry, Paul was using Timothy in a multiple ministry roles. And one of those was to come and encourage a church at Philippi, according to what we just read in Philippians 2. And, and what we're reading of, Timothy's faith started at home, but God brought him in contact with who would be this incredible mentor in his life, Paul, in such a way that Paul would say, we serve together. We have a relationship like a father with a son. This apprenticing relationship is what I have with this guy, Timothy. There is no one like him. That kind of close connection, that kind of faithfulness and loyalty to him. That's powerful. 
And, and let's even see how did all this begin? Where, where's the first time we're introduced to Timothy is actually in Acts 16. At the end of Acts 15, Paul and Barnabas, who've been doing a lot of ministry together, did their first missionary kind of journey together. They end up parting company. And then chapter 16 begins this way. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. So we read out of the gates, this is the first time Paul meets Timothy and he goes to this city. He no longer has this ministry partner in Barnabas. And so as he's going and what he has is this amazing news to share from a council that met in Jerusalem that is the stuff of Acts 15. And he's gonna go back to churches and visit them again and let them know what that decision was that came. So he's looking for a new team. And he comes to this place and he gets introduced to Timothy. He doesn't know him otherwise. And he realizes his mom loves Jesus, but Timothy's dad, we get no impression, has any faith at all. Now, what we're not saying is that Timothy had this lousy excuse for a dad. Nobody's saying that, but we don't read that in any way he was providing spiritual leadership. I think this is a fascinating thing that when you think about the idea of mentors for your kids, everything about this part, by the way, is super age appropriate. If you're going, Todd, how do I find the mentor for my three-year-old? I will say, that is you, okay? Go kill it, you're doing great. But that 13-year-old, once your son or daughter is in that stage, that's a great time to go. Even the, the great people that work with our kids in student ministries, is there someone who would give them unique focus, who'd give them unique attention and could provide in their lives what I'm not able to. That's what we're talking about. Remember as we started today, I said, no matter where you're at in a family, don't feel like you're in a family anymore, whatever it is, all of us can serve in these last two categories of either people who are investing in our kids and students here at HDC. We need more people serving with those teams all the time. Or as God brings someone into your life, you could be a mentor to that young person, to that student, to that young adult. And, and we'll talk a little bit more how that happens. But my point is, that's why this message applies to everyone in the room, whether you're at home raising kids or married or not, the reality is, is that you have a role to play. And so Paul understood that we know from scripture, Paul, at least the Paul we know through the New Testament was not married, no kids. And so what we're getting to know is seeing the way he invests himself in so many different ways. Timothy was by far not the only mentee in his life, but he was one and he's one that we hear about a lot from scripture. And so in this relationship, there is this give and take. Paul had so much that Timothy could learn from and Timothy had a posture he wanted to learn. So you have these both, these both and. I've got experience. I've got things that God has shown me. I'd love to give to someone. Timothy says, I'm young. I'm inexperienced. I'd love to learn. And God brought these two together and there's this great relationship that comes from it. Identifying a mentor for your son or daughter might be difficult to orchestrate and completely in some ways out of your power. Some of the challenges are that your son or daughter might not be ready. It might include that a, a suitable mentor might not be available in this season. It might be that there might not be a great person, personality match with somebody that maybe is those things but just clashes with your son or daughter so it's not a good fit. There's lots of reasons there could be a boulder in the road today 
But here's what I want you to hear. Look in your notes. What you can do is to pray for God's leadership and matchmaking with the goal that he would provide the kind of influence and perspective that exceeds your ability or capacity to provide as your children's parent. This is in no way saying this is instead of you. This is saying to compliment you. Areas where you don't have maybe gifts, where you don't have experience, but you're like, man, I wanna provide my son or daughter with the best tools, the best training in their lives. I wanna bring people into their lives that could continue to speak and show and demonstrate Christ. So that's what we mean when we're talking about this kind of spiritual mentorship. I will say this, by the way, and uh, I'm excited. Pastor Jack and I are gonna be at a conference next week. We're actually gonna do a short seminar, a breakout on this idea of a mentor and what that looks like. And it's interesting, every time we do this um, breakout session together, I always see, it's almost like what I joked out a few weeks ago, excuse me, have tickets, need tickets, and I'd love to introduce those people to, to each other. It's the same thing. I want to be a mentor. I'm looking for a mentor. Let me introduce you to one another. These introductions are the things we're praying for. God, how do I, I see the needs in my, my child's life that they need to grow that I don't know that I have that to give to them, but there's this other person, God, would you bring them together? And that's really what we're talking about. For me growing up, I would tell people this all the time. I just had a lack of godly male leadership in my life. And so my antenna was up. And I can go back and I can tell you about my fourth grade Sunday school teacher, Greg. And I can tell you about my fifth grade Sunday school teacher, Willie. And I can tell you about my sixth grade Sunday school teacher, Al. And I can tell you about my junior high leader named Morgan. I can tell you about my high school leader named Tim. These were all people that I was looking to to say, would you please pour into me because I wanna grow. And I go that far back when that started to kind of alight in me. Not everyone is interested, but I have been since the fourth grade. And you know your child, you know what they're looking for. And man, ways that you can help bring those mentors into their lives, that's gonna be so rich. And if you're here today and you're going, Todd, I would love to be that kind of influencer in someone's life. I just don't, no one's asking. That's our next step as a church. How do we help connect the dots and put you together? Let me finish with this. Um, When we think about these allies that we're looking at today, all these different from our family, from our ministries here at HTC, from mentors in your world that you could connect. Can I keep saying, it comes back to God, you know the landscape, you know the relationships that are far beyond me. I don't have the power or the control to make those happen, but I'm gonna begin praying that God, you'd put my son or daughter on the radar of someone who could invest in their lives so that they would know and walk and follow Jesus more closely. That's where it all begins as a parent. I wanna encourage you in that. As we finish today, I wanna tell you about some allies that are coming to High Desert Church that are gonna help us as we continue in this series. Over the next three weeks, you already know him well, Pastor Tom, he'll be here and he'll be teaching on this powerful idea of spiritual authority. You're gonna love it, I've seen his manuscript already. This time next weekend, Pastor Tom will be here teaching on that topic. Then after that, Kevin Thompson from Bayside Church, he is their pastor of marriages, that is his job. If you have not paid attention, by the way, 
way to our Instagram account. We are now, we've shared two of these, Dial Your Marriage to 11 with Kevin. And that's who Pastor Kurt is interviewing. Phenomenal. I've watched both of them. They're so well done. Kevin will be teaching on that Mother's Day weekend on the topic of marriage. And then after him, Ray Johnston from Bayside Church, founding pastor, is going to be teaching in our weekend services. And then, like you heard, going to be our main speaker at our parenting conference that Sunday afternoon. I love that we have allies like this. I can't wait to get them in front of you and you're going to be encouraged, no doubt. All right, let me pray. Father God, thank you for this time today. Thank you that we don't go it alone. Whether we're a single parent, whether we may be married, raising kids, no matter who we are, grandparents, even raising kids, we don't go it alone. You have put people in proximity to come alongside of us and to be great allies, great resources. And my prayer is, is that we walk away today encouraged that there are, there's more help than just us. And would that be something that people take to heart, that parents take to heart and say, God, I, I want to um, look at the different resources that are there and really help my son or my daughter grow in their faith, grow in their life towards Jesus. But I also want to remind you of this. You may be here today and you may be saying, you know, maybe one of the biggest reasons why I need that kind of help is because I've never responded and given my life over to Jesus, surrendered at his feet. And it is obvious I cannot give what I don't have. And so I would encourage you, I know how much you love your kids. That is never, ever a question in my mind. But I'm gonna tell you the way that you can love them best is if you're not Timothy's dad. The spiritual leadership in his home was from his grandmother and his mother, but never mentions dad. I can encourage you today, don't be that parent who's just dropping your kid off at church, thinks it's good for them, not good for you. It begins, like Pastor Kurt said last week, where your own life is saturated with the word of God so you can give it away. Would you today admit that you're a sinner who needs a savior? Would you be believed that Jesus, dead on a cross, risen on the third day out of the tomb, was more than a good teacher, he was a savior who came to save you? Would you see choose, choose that what Jesus did is enough, believing that and then choose to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you with my life. I want to be the spiritual influencer in my kids' lives that I am not today. It begins with making that decision And I pray you wouldn't let another day go by until you do. Father, thank you for your kindness and mercy over us. Parenting is hard, but thank you that you've given us allies to help. We love you and we pray in the great name of Jesus. Amen.